You are listening to the Restoration LA podcast. For more, visit us at restorationla.org. But we are in a series called, What Do You Need? Look at your neighbor and say, what do you need? Or you might even put it this way, what do you want, right? So what do you need is kind of like, you know, where, where you, you are intrigued, like, hey, what do you need? Or, or you know, how can I help you? And, and what do you want is like someone's been, been badgering you about something, right? What do you want? How many of you parents have asked your kids, what do you want, right? What do you want? So we are in part three of that series. Uh, we did have a, a bit of a hiatus last week. So I just want to catch us up to speed again if we can. Psalm 81 chapter, I mean, verse 10 says this. For it was I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it with good things. How many of you believe that about God? How many of you believe that about God, that the same God that brought us out of captivity of sin and darkness is the same God that wants good things for us? How many of you really believe that? I mean, I, I, I think sometimes we know it intellectually, but I, I still believe that we might have a question in our hearts. Does God really have good things in store for me? And I pray that as we begin to get revelation that God is the supplier of our needs, that we know that this is true, that he wants to fill our mouth with good. I just think of a, of a fire hose, you know, if you're just too much, like it's just like, all right, turn it off already. I mean, God is that kind of a God. He wants to bestow blessings upon his children. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22 says this, you can pray, you can do what? You can pray for anything. For what? For anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. How many of you have ever read that verse? How many of you have put that verse into practice? I'm going to ask you a really hard question. How many of you haven't received what you prayed for? And how many of you have come up with the question in your heart, but you said, God, that I can pray for anything, and if I have faith, it will happen? This is one of those big questions that I think that we have to look at. We have to address as a people in knowing that there is something called the heart condition that God sees when we are praying. It says when we have faith, you will receive it. If you have faith, you will receive it. And so I don't know about you, but I prayed kind of harder. But my praying harder kind of is like a physical thing, right? Like, like, you know, you just, I think I got to pray harder. Like, is, is that what having more faith looks like? Like, what does having more faith look like for you? What, what does having faith look like for you? Hebrews tells us faith is believing in things that we cannot see. Right? Believing in things that we cannot see. And so kind of that, that name it and claim it culture would be like, hey, well, I, I'm just believing that I'm going to get this thing and it's going to materialize. But friends, we still have to come to an understanding that our heart condition matters when we come to the Lord. How many of you believe that? We also, maybe you've read the verse in Matthew 17, verse 20. It used to uh, be more, more songs, more, more kind of Sunday school songs like this. Um, you don't have enough faith, Jesus had told his disciples. And, and what happens right before this verse is they were trying to cast out a demon and they couldn't do it. And so I got to believe that these guys were going... 
you know, they were trying to cast out this demon and that demon wasn't coming out. Can you imagine doing that? Right. I mean, could you imagine what the exercises you're going through to get a demon out of someone and it's not happening? And so this is what's happening with the disciples. And Jesus is saying, you don't have enough faith. I tell you the truth. If you had faith, listen, friends, even as a small mustard seed and a mustard seed, I mean, it's like it's like a grain of sand. That's that's about the size of a mustard seed. If you had faith like a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. What? If we had this kind of faith, nothing would be impossible. So when my prayers aren't answered, is it because I don't have faith? Is that the question? And then how do I muster up enough faith to see God do the impossible in my life when I pray. If you, if you remember two weeks back, we spoke about cries of mercy. How many of you remember us talking about them crying out to the Lord? Mercy, right? So, a, appealing to, to the heart of the Lord, mercy. And we also sp- spoke about when God was saying, hey, you pray and nothing happens because you have the wrong motives. You have the wrong motives. And we see those two, two of those verses in James 4, 3, It says, even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what gives you pleasure. And then the Old Testament, Proverbs would say this, uh, Proverbs 21, 27. The sacrifice of an evil person is detestable. So speaking about a heart condition. And and I want to clarify evil because sometimes we, we, we define evil as satanic. Evil is ungodly motives. And so you, you come to, with sacrifice. A, a sacrifice of an evil person is detestable. Listen to this. Especially when it is offered with wrong motives. And so we can pray with wrong motives. And listen, friends, we can do things with the wrong motives. And that, that's what sacrifices are. We just think like, man, if I just give all of my time and if I just, you know, if I show up to church seven days a week and do whatever, you know, the, the church asked me to do, then God's going to reward me for my sacrifice. But is it with the right motives? I, w- I wanted to elaborate on 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 the condition of the heart when it comes to our needs, right? And I think we have to ask ourselves, who or what actually shapes our needs? When we really think about the prayers that we pray in regards to the needs that we have, who has actually shaped those needs? Has has the world shaped those needs? Has, has the culture shaped those needs? Has, has our, 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 our family dynamic shaped those needs? Has our history, our past shaped those needs? I think we really have to ask where these desires come from that we are actually coming to the Lord for. And are they with, with pure motives? Are they with, with good motives? Or are they coming from a, a place of, of self? And, and I'm trying to be gentle with this because I, I, I know sometimes in our programming, we, we don't like to think that we are selfish people. But I think as parents, we can all agree that our kids are the most selfish creatures on the planet. 
They want everything that they want, when they want it, and how they want it. And I'm going to be really blunt with us. We are the same with our Heavenly Father. We want when we want, what we want, when we want it, and how we want it. And, and God has been so gracious to us, just like we're gracious to our kids. I'm not getting you nothing ever again. And on the way home, can I get a Slurpee? All right. <laughs> and I'm being silly, and God is not silly, but man, he loves his kids. But he's not here to answer all of our whims that are birthed, listen, friends, out of unpure motives. And so our heart condition matters. As I explained earlier in this series, we can confuse needs with desires and with wants. But I want us to really think about spiritual needs. I believe that every need known to mankind has a spiritual answer. I believe that. Every need known to mankind has a spiritual answer. I want you to really think about that. Every need known to mankind has a spiritual answer. So what about Palestine and Israel? There's a spiritual answer to that, friends. The government's not going to be able to solve that. The two religions that are fighting against each other aren't able to solve that. God is able to solve that. Same thing here in this nation. Democrat, Republican. We can't figure this thing out. We can't solve these problems. God, God alone can solve that. It's a spiritual answer. Because if it wasn't a spiritual answer, I believe the way that God has created us with the intelligence that he has given us, we would have been able to solve it by now. Every need known to mankind has a spiritual answer. And listen to this. And I believe that the source of those spiritual answers is Jesus. It's Jesus. This word that, that, that Steve introduced in this series, sozo, to be healed, to be saved, and to be delivered. God has, Jesus has answer for, for, for every problem known to mankind. It can be found in him. In him, every spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical need can be met. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that every spiritual, every emotional, every mental, and every physical need known to man can be met in the person of Jesus? There was nothing that Jesus could not satisfy when he was here on this earth. If there was an issue with someone's uh, a physical being healed, if death came, resurrected, if, if what we could have classified as mental illness with some of the people that he encountered, healed and delivered, possession delivered, there was nothing that Jesus could not solve when he was here on the planet. Listen, sin, the sin condition of mankind eradicated by his sacrifice on the cross for those who accept him as Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead. In him, every spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical need can be met. Um, last night, my friend Caleb Booth was here, and he was ministering to uh, young people from, from around the region. And he said this, and so I'm going to have to give him credit. He asked this question. He says, is Jesus your source, or is he just a resource? Listen to that, friends. Is Jesus your source, 
Or is he just on a long list of resources that you go to to get your needs met? Because when Jesus is our source, friends, he's our first phone call. When Jesus is our source, he is the first place that we go. Just think about this. When, when you have a physical issue, a headache, back pain, whatever it can look like. And listen, friends, I, I am not an anti-take-a-motion guy or anything like that. I am not an anti-call-up-your-doctor and, and check things out. Please know that. But I want us to just check, check our hearts for a second here. What's our first call? Is it prayer? Knowing that God can heal the body? Or is it, give me that bottle? I got to pop a couple of these and I'm going to be good. I'm just asking questions. This is not a judgment statement. I, 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 I take medication. I am trusting for the Lord's healing. But I know there's some things that I need to work out on my own too. Are we looking to him as our source. When God is our source, then he is not a means to an end. He is the final stop. He is the final stop. And I believe knowing this helps us when we come to the Lord with our petitions, knowing that he's our final stop, knowing that my every need can be met in him. When Jesus was saying, you don't have these, your prayers are being answered because you don't have faith. I wonder when we go to the Lord and we pray to him is if we're already seen on the other side that he might not answer. Which causes doubt. Which produces what? A lack of faith. Because we, 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 we're using him as a resource and not as the source. Because if Jesus doesn't come through, hey, I know I have other alternatives to answer this question for my life or this need that I have. How many of you know that approach matters? Does approach matter to you when someone comes to you for something? Right? Moms and dads, you know this. Approach matters. When someone come, when your kids come to you and they want something, it's like, you better come correct. When a family member comes to you and asks you for some money, approach matters, right? You know, you don't want to hear like, you know, yeah, I know you're living all good and all of us who are eating scraps, you know, why don't you kick down a little? Yeah, probably not. But if someone's in need, with humility, come to us, Hey, I'm in this position and I'm really in need. I don't know how many of us wouldn't find a way to help in some way because approach matters. And I'm not saying that God is, 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 is playing this check your attitude is, you know, kind of thing. But friends, throughout scripture, we see that approach matters. The heart condition matters. And I want to read to us out of, out of a, a, a very popular portion of Scripture. Um, Brett used this portion of Scripture not too long ago. Matthew chapter 6, verses 3 through 11. This portion of Scripture is, is often known as the Beatitudes. Can you say Beatitudes? It's not have an attitude. It's almost, it's all, almost the exact opposite. <laughs> right? The Beatitudes. And I want to read this to us. And I just want us to, to just hear the language. Now, the, 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 probably 
the popular language was used, we probably memorize, memorize this from King James or New King James, and it would be kind of blessed are those. But that word blessed is this, God blesses. God blesses. So it's not just blessed like this just atmosphere thing, like, oh, they're blessed. No, it's God blesses. And this is who he blesses, friends. Listen to this. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need. Listen to me, friends. For what? For him. God blesses those who are poor and recognize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Another version was it. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Because they recognize that their need is for him. And friends, I could leave it right there. We don't have to read another verse for me to get the point across for this sermon. God blesses those who recognize that their need is him. It's him. Is, is, have we recognized that? Is that our revelation that our need is God? It's God. But we can continue because God has more for us. Verse 4 says, God blesses those who mourn for they will be comforted. And so in a heart of mourning, we can come to God and God sees the mourning and he will give us comfort. Blessed are those who are humble for they will inherit the entire earth, the whole earth. So humility is a posture. Mourning is a posture. Poor is a posture. God blesses those, verse 6, who are hungry, or I'm sorry, who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. So hungry and thirsty. God blesses those whose hearts are pure. Am I, am I in the same? Yes, okay, verse 8. God blesses those, no, I, I skipped a verse. Sorry, Jordan, you're right. Verse 7, God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Verse 8, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. They will see God. How many of you have ever seen God come through in a miraculous way? Now, if you've seen it, raise your hand high. I want to see it. You've seen God come through in a miraculous way. Listen, friends, we have seen God. Why? Because your hearts are pure. And you've seen God come through. God has manifested himself. He has revealed himself, whether it be in, in, in your life or whether it be in a situation, God has revealed himself because your heart was pure. Friends, posture matters. Verse 9, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are Persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Friends, th this portion of scripture flies directly in contrast to the culture today. The culture today tells you to get what you want, how you want, when you want, and in any way. Whoever you got to step on, even American religion does this. 
We come to God with arrogance, name it and claim it type of things. God blesses those. You tell me anywhere right there, any of those who absolutely believe without a shadow of a doubt that they're going to get it. Because that's what this popular religious culture is telling us. But when we come to the Lord humble, when we come to the Lord broken, when we come to the Lord knowing that he is the source of our every need, God blesses those. God blesses those. God blesses you. So he switched from telling his disciples about who he blesses to now telling his disciples, God blesses you. He blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. God blesses you. How many of you need that kind of blessing right now? He blesses you. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits in heaven and remember the ancient Prophets were persecuted in the same way. Man, God blesses those. Have you ever considered your posture when you come to the Lord? Have you, have you thought about these things? And, and have you thought about the source of the need? What is this need really about? And is this need re- really something that, that, that the Lord has placed in my life? Or is it something that has kind of attached itself to me Because of the culture that I'm a part of. I want to use Luke 11, 1 through 10's um, version of the Lord's Prayer. I know we often use the Matthew version, but Luke Luke 11 um, gives us another nuance of, of this when it comes to our posture. And when Jesus was instructing his disciples on how to pray, Um, Here it goes in in verse 1. Once Jesus was uh, in a certain place praying, and he finished, and one one of the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And so they're talking about John the Baptist who had disciples, and John was teaching them how to pray. And so they wanted to know how to pray. What, What an amazing question. I wonder how many of us ask, I want I want to learn how to pray. I don't know how to pray. And, and I, I can't tell you how many Christians, Christians stay in that place of not knowing how to pray. Um, maybe, maybe because they're embarrassed to ask. But I, I think you should be free. You should be free to ask the Lord, Lord, teach me to pray. Or, or come up alongside of a brother or sister in the Lord and say, man, can, can you teach me how to pray? I think sometimes we see how certain people pray and we're like, I can't pray like that. I'm never going to pray like that. And so we get intimidated by those kind of prayers. And listen, friends, you don't have to pray like anyone else. You, you don't have to pray like another person. You don't have to use their inflections. You don't have to use their, their anything. You, you talk to the Lord the way the Lord is created. You're his daughter. You're his son. You get to talk to him with your language. Your language. So start there. But here we go. So they wanted to be taught. And so Jesus is teaching them. And Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father. It starts with who we're praying to. Father, Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. So it's a little little bit different than the the Matthew text. Same heart as as, um, Luke was 
kind of getting, taking all the, we see in the beginning of Luke when he said, hey, I went and investigated every detail of what happened with Jesus' life. And as I write this, I write this to the best of my ability to tell you all that I, I took into account, right? Um, so this is Luke's um, writings of, of, of the Lord's Prayer. May your kingdom come soon, verse 3. Give us each day the food we need. Give us each day the food we need. What's amazing about the Lord's Prayer is this is the only time we see need in there. It's the only time we see need in there. Here's here's what my suggestion would be, or my conclusion, is that when we have intimacy with God, our needs become extremely minimal. When God is our source, our needs become extremely minimal. And it really could be boiled down to roof over our head, bread and water. I mean, you know, basic food. It's really all we need. Because everything else is met in him. And so he says, hey, pray, pray for your daily bread. Absolutely, pray for your needs to be met. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you notice, it's, it's, it's so simple. And I think somehow the people of God have been placed in such a, have been put in such a place by religion that we, be, we seem like the most needy people on the planet when we should actually be the most satisfied people on the planet. May your kingdom come, give us this day our daily bread. Listen, and forgive us our sins. We do need that. (laughs) Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So not only are we asking for forgiveness, but we're asking the Lord for the grace to forgive. And do not let us yield to temptation. And then listen to this. It kind of shifts. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. So in our case, a couple dozen tortillas. (laughs) And so you say to him, a friend of mine just arrived for a visit. So my cousins came from Mexico. I don't have any tortillas and it's going to be a disaster because that's kind of what happens. So friends of mine just arrived for a visit. I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose um, he, he calls out from the bedroom. Uh, suppose the person answering calls out from the bedroom. Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake. If you keep knocking long enough. He would get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. You guys have kids like this. Because I do. I got two of them. And potentially one's brewing. Because of your shameless persistence. Shameless I mean, that, that's enough to get anyone out of the, off the couch, whatever. What do you want? <laughs> There's something about persistence. Matthew chapter 15, verses 23 through uh, 28 say this. Jesus is teaching now. A Gentile woman who lived 
um, there, uh, who lived there in, in, in this place that Jesus was ministering. Um, I, I, I believe uh, she was a Canaanite woman. And, and she comes to the Lord, and it's this common prayer that we've heard now. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. She has a need. And she cries for mercy. But Jesus gave her no reply and not a word. This is a strange text, friends. No reply, not a word. Then his disciples urged him, Lord, send her away. Tell her to, tell her to go away, they said. She is bothering us with, with all of her begging. We were taught in our culture that begging is shameful. It was even like a, a thing, like in school, right? When kids like asked you for something, like, stop begging. Right? You mean, all my siblings, we had tons of siblings. And like, you know, if the older kid did something cool, the other kid, stop begging. Like, it was a shameful thing. She was begging. Lord, send her away. We're tired of her begging. Now, here's the context, friends. She was a Canaanite woman. Now, God does things in, 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 in order. And so it's, this portion of Scripture can be very confusing. Like, how could Jesus not have immediate compassion upon this woman? So Jesus had come to bring salvation through the Jews. And so he came to minister to the Jews. And so as he was ministering to the Jews, there was tons of onlookers and outsiders who were being attracted to his ministry. But he wanted to limit ministry to the Jews. This is what God had ordained. And so here's this Canaanite woman who was a Gentile. She was an outsider. There, 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 was, there was no dealings with outsiders like this when it came to uh, um, kind of cultural things. And so Jesus was trying to keep things a little simple. Verse 24, then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. And as I was reading this, I'm just thinking like, okay, well, maybe Jesus is teaching his disciples a lesson. Maybe Jesus being God and knowing that, hey, there needed to be a lesson in this. Maybe he allowed these motions to happen so that they can see that the grace of God goes beyond the borders, goes beyond the cultural differences just like he had done with the Samaritan woman. Just like he had, had done with the Roman centurion. And so when she came and worshiped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Wait, okay, yeah, I'm in the right place. Lord, help me. Jesus responded, and listen to this, friends. I think he's still trying to show his disciples there's something that needs to be broken here. Listen to this, friends. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. I mean, that's a harsh thing to say, friends. Basically, what he is saying is it's not right for me to not minister to the people of Israel to minister to a Canaanite woman who was considered a dog to the Israelites. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty hectic statement. And I got to believe that the disciples are sitting in the background be going, yeah, we don't mess with the dogs. Get that beggar out of here. 
This is on a side note. How many times have we felt like that about beggars? Get that homeless guy out of here. Get that beggar out of here. And then she comes with some wisdom from heaven. (laughs) And she replied, that's true. I mean, maybe us, we'd be like, okay, maybe I am a dog. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. And Jesus says this, dear woman, all his language changed. You sweet woman. Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. It was her persistence. This shameful woman was begging and begging and begging and she wouldn't let the rejection, the cultural rejection, the rejection of men. She wouldn't let any of it. She wouldn't even even let those little roadblocks that Jesus was putting out there, I believe, to show his disciples. This is this is about to be special. Dear woman, your faith is great. Persistence is a heart posture. Persistence is a heart posture. A couple of weeks ago, I said, if you aren't going to Jesus for it, you must not really want it. And so I'm going to add this to that same frame of thinking. If you aren't continuously asking, you must not really want it. Maybe you've been praying for your spouse. You prayed a couple times and you've given up on it. Yeah, he's never going to change. I can't change him. God can't change him. Maybe you don't really want it. Because I think you should be knocking. She's never going to change her ways. How about our kids? They're never going to change. Let's even go to some of those exterior relationships. Your boss. Maybe been praying for, your, for, for the Lord to change your boss's heart condition. What if it's not just those, those personal needs of relationship? What if you're praying for some serious things like people's salvation? They need salvation. That's, a, that's the greatest need on the planet. How many of us have given up on praying for those who need salvation? We've given up hope. And I'm telling you, God says he blesses those who are persistent. Jesus gave it in his model of prayer. When you pray, pray like this. And then he said, be persistent about it. Because just like that guy who was knocking in the middle of the night asking you for tortillas, he, I'm, you're just going to give it to him because of his shameless persistence. How about we have some shameless persistence in the things that are absolutely needed? What's our prayer life look like, friends? Because faith looks like persistence. Lastly, I want to talk to us about patience. Maybe you've heard the saying, never pray for patience because you're going to get tested in it. I'm, I'm going to have to correct that. Because that's not a verse in the Bible. That's man saying. Patience 
is a virtue. More than that, it's a spiritual gift. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And if it's a gift and a spiritual fruit that the Lord has for us, how will we not want it? And so how will we not pray for it? And how will we actually begin to fear what it would look like if we actually obtain patience? Patience. Psalms 27, 15 says this, wait patiently for the Lord. To do what? Wait patiently for the Lord. And as you're waiting, friends, this is how you need to be. Be brave and be courageous. Be brave and be courageous. Why do we have to do this? Because this is what happens when we become impatient. We begin to get fearful. This thing is never going to happen. I don't know what I'm going to do. If this thing doesn't happen, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, if, if, if God doesn't come through, we begin to get anxious. We begin to fall apart from the inside out. We begin to, to, to manifest doubt. And we're no longer operating in faith because, man, we, God's making me wait too long. Be brave and courageous. I don't, how many of you guys have ever had to, have to wait for news? That was just overwhelming. A loved one in the hospital or, I mean, just, it just creates anxiety. I mean, there, there's, there's stuff that happens in the military. I mean, we, we, um, some of the guys in, 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 who have been in the military, in, I mean, you do all these military exercises. And there's times where they put you, like, we, we used to do night, night training. And, and so, there were, like, you'd be doing these kind of, like, mock wars against different platoons and stuff like that. And so you're like up in the middle of the night, like waiting for something to pop off and you begin to get anxious. Like, like you're just, you're just starting to freak out because you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. And you know, just as soon as you close your eyes, like something's going to happen. And so you're anxious and you're anxious. And so in those times you have to be brave and you have to be courageous. And it's the same in the waiting for the Lord. When you come to the Lord with your needs, you can't give up. You have to be brave and courageous. Wait on the Lord patiently. And then there's a reminder right at the back end of the verse. Yes, be patient. Wait patiently for the Lord. Wait patiently for the Lord. Maybe some of you have been in that waiting. And I really believe that today that's where the Lord wants to minister. You've had a need. You've had a petition that you have brought to the Lord and, and you, you're just growing anxious about this thing. You're growing anxious about it. You've, you've, you've waited too long. You just don't know what's going to happen. You're starting to doubt and disbelieve that it's ever going to happen. And I want to tell you today, be patient in the Lord. Be brave and courageous. yes. Wait patiently in the Lord. And even this, maybe it's time to get persistent again. Maybe it's time for you to get persistent again. I think that that's what brave and courage looks like. Because I got to tell you, it takes courage for Mackenzie to come back to me and ask me for something that I have told her 10 times, no. Like with, with the Hulk, no. No, I said No. And with courage 
and all the braveness in her heart, she comes back again. I mean, I, I get threatened a spanking, and she'd still come back. That's brave. I think we need to be brave and courageous, courageous again. If that's you this morning, if that ministered to you in any way, I would just love for you to stand. I want to I wanna pray for you. you. You've had a need that you've been waiting for. You've been maybe growing weary. And the Lord sees that need. He recognizes that need. And I just want to pray for you right where you're at. I want to thank you for your courage this morning. I want to thank you for you being brave this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you wouldn't mind, just to close your eyes for a second and just allow the Lord to minister to you. God blesses those whose hearts are pure. For they will see God. Lord, I pray for purity of heart. Lord, I pray for those who have been waiting to see you manifest in these areas of their life and these areas of need. They have been waiting for you to show up, God. Lord, and I pray in this season for a purity of heart. Lord, that they lay their hearts bare before you. Lord, that their prayer is your kingdom come, your will be done, God. I pray, Father, that they will see the promises of heaven in these areas. Lord, I pray for those who have become impatient. Lord, I, I just pray this verse over them. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous in the waiting. Be brave and courageous in the waiting. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. God is your source. It's not going to come from anywhere else. Stop looking in other places. Stop looking in other places. It's going to come from Jesus and Jesus alone. Trust. Be brave. Be courageous. And lastly, Lord, I pray for shameless persistence. Shameless persistence, God. Lord, that they will not take no for an answer. Not in arrogance, Lord, this is, this is an identified need that they recognize they can only come from you. And you don't give anything that is impure. Lord, every good and perfect gift comes from you. You are the father of lights. You will not give them anything that leads to darkness. And so, Lord, I pray for shameless persistence in these areas. Those who are praying for salvation for their loved ones, I pray for shameless persistence. Lord, those who are praying for breakthrough in ministry, Lord, I pray for shameless persistence. Lord, those who are praying for breakthrough in marriage, I pray for shameless persistence. Lord, those who have needs, physical needs in their body, Lord, I pray for shameless persistence. Maybe they've had diagnoses and, and, and doctors and medications. Lord, I pray that they will not give up on you who are the source of every physical need that they have. Lord, I pray for this type of revelation in this season. That we will go to you first. First and foremost, always. Always, you will be our first call. You will be our first prayer. You, we will complain first to you, Jesus. And Lord, I pray 
that for each and every one of us, even those of us who might not be standing, God, that we know that blessings only come from God. And for us to be blessed, that we must be blessed by you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Amen. Can we give Jesus praise this morning? Awesome. Sweets, hey, so glad that you're here. I have one more announcement, and then I want to remind you guys about the signups. Um, you three, come on up here. Yeah. So this is Eliza, and this is Ezekiel, and this is Chloe. Um, if you follow us on our Instagram, um, you, you noticed um, we had an announcement about them. We are sending these three to Chicago this summer for eight weeks. And so they, they have been accepted into a worship internship with Anthem Church. And so they are going to be um, polishing up on, on their gift of, of worship. And um, I, it, it really sucks for us because we're going to be missing them for, for eight weeks. And Pam and Steph um, aren't too happy about it, but it's all good. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, but we, we also wanted to bless them to get there. And we have already received some blessings from those who saw on Instagram, had already begun to give, and we're so thankful for that. But we want to make sure they have everything they need. Um, and so the, their fees to, to, um, to stay there, just to stay alone for a room and board, is $600 um, to, to be there. But they also, they're going to be there for two months. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to need money for food. And um, they've already all saved money and have bought their own tickets for travel and all that kind of stuff. But I, I wanted to bless them as a church. Uh, we want to send them and because and, and, we are actually sowing into their future. We are so blessed by their worship and what they do for us as a church. Um, and, and the last thing, like, I, I, I think one of them said, hey, you know, I, I think I've saved enough money. But listen, they're also giving up money while they're not here. They all have jobs. They all work. They all go to school. And while they're not here, they're not going to be making that money. And so we just want to make sure that they have enough to cover everything that they need. And so um, we are going to be using that special giving. And so if you are doing any of the special giving today um, or throughout this week, we're going to make sure that goes to their Chicago trip. And so if you would like to contribute to that in any way, um, you can use that special giving for them. And we'll make sure it goes to them equally. And then we're going to bless them and make sure that, man, they have everything they need. Not going to have to worry about that stuff. They can just worry about everything God has for them in Chicago. Sound good? All right. So we love you guys, and we hope that you guys are, are I, know, I know it's probably embarrassing to do this, but um, we're not going to pray for them yet because we're going to pray for them right before they leave. They're leaving in a few weeks, and so uh, we'll send them and bless them. So I just wanted to give you guys that announcement. Sound good? All right. Thank you guys so much. Cool. Thank you guys. Um, all right, so Brett, Brett is back there. Um, so if you, if you have a physical offering today, you, you can give that to Brett. But also for the vaccines, you can sign up with Brett if you, if you, um, or anyone in your family. He would like to take those. If you're signing up for the marriage workshops for the four weeks that are coming, please come and see me. I'll stay right here, and you can sign up with me. Sound good? Monica, okay. Okay, hey. What did she say? Okay, great. Hey, love you guys. Have a, have a great week. Um, we'll see you guys this week. All right. Bye-bye.